We're going to start in the Scripture, Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. I want to get right into it because I've got seven pages of this message. And we're going to get through it for sure. Matthew 22, 14 says this, For many are invited, but few are chosen. For many are invited, but few are chosen. You know, this morning I want to pose the question to you. How are we going to approach 2021? 2020 is finished. And I know it's just a day, it was just sort of a tick of a clock and that was it. But let's face it, most of us, all of us, kind of want to put 2020 behind us, right? We kind of want to go, that was not an easy year. It had a lot of challenges and, and difficulties. And ideally, we start 2021 on the right foot. Ideally, we start 2021 feeling a little bit more, you know, like, like we're a bit more in control, like things are good, things are strong, things are healthy. And, and so today what I want to do is speak about how we can recover from 2020 and start 2021 well. Think of it like spiritual rehab, right? We're in spiritual rehab. We're starting spiritual rehab today. So we're going to get back into things. We're going to strengthen ourselves. We're going to get ready to do all that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Pastor Lewis shared that last week. And, and, and we want to be ready for that. And so the way we're going to do it, I, I know it feels like I'm talking about three different things. It's all going to come together. Don't worry. We're actually going to study one of Jesus's parables, right? And, and this parable is the parable of the wedding banquet. And, and through this parable, hopefully, we will see how Jesus wants to respond to his invitation. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that you are here, God, that ultimately it is, it is by your grace and mercy that we are able to hear from you, God, that we are able to, to gain knowledge, understanding, that God, we can apply the word to our lives, that we can be transformed. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. Speak to us. Open our minds, open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. What is the most lavish, extravagant, extreme event that you've ever attended? Just think about it. What is the most extreme event that you have ever seen? Right? Not, not maybe you weren't even there. Maybe you just saw, saw it on TV, right? Maybe it's the, the royal wedding. Maybe it was someone's birthday, like a 40th birthday or 50th birthday. Maybe, maybe it was that insane running water scene in Crazy Rich Asians when she walks down the aisle and there's water and it's like the most impractical thing because who wants wet shoes and a wet dress the rest of the day? But, but, you know, maybe that's the most craziest wedding you've ever seen, the craziest event you've ever seen. And, and you just got to think, what is the most elaborate thing, right? You know how you can tell an event is extravagant or extreme? The way you can tell is by looking at what the guests are wearing. Let me give you an example, right? In, in I don't know, America's a crazy place. But in those big award ceremonies, right? In, in those, I don't know, the Oscars, the Emmys, the, any kind of big award where there's celebrities... They come, the Met Gala, right? And they come in these insane outfits. Like their hats are taller than their shoes, right? They, they come dressed in these, these, in these crazy dresses and suits and colors. And I mean, and the jewelry, my goodness. They wear like millions and millions of dollars 
in one earring. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like these people come dressed up in the most crazy designer wear that you could ever possibly imagine. And you know what's insane about these events? What happens is, you know, I, I found this out. And I was like, that, that's just mind-blowing. Is the celebrities don't even own them. They don't own the dresses. They don't own the, the earrings. They, they actually get created for them. Or they get loaned out to them, right? It's like, oh, this is such a big event. And so, so here, wear this $23 billion necklace. I don't know if such a thing exists, but maybe. And so they're like, okay. And, and they come dressed up in this, this huge, you know, dress that, that goes for like, I don't know, 300 meters. I don't know, whatever. But, but they come dressed up in these crazy things because somebody gives it to them on loan. But still, they, they get given all these things to wear. And, and you kind of realize that this is a big event because of what the guests are wearing. This is important. We're going to speak, we're, we're going to talk about this, this parable, right? And in this parable, Jesus is talking about a wedding. And, and I want to ask you the question, the title of my message, and, and the question I want to ask is this, what will you wear to the wedding of the ages? What will you wear to the wedding of the ages? Let's read this scripture. Matthew 22, chapter one, sorry, Matthew 22, verse one to 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Now this is a big wedding. Like I was saying, you know, big celebrity things and awards and whatnot. This is, this is the biggest. This is the king preparing a wedding for his son. So if you're invited to this wedding, this is not your plus one to some distant relative, right? This is like a big honor. This is a really incredible wedding, right? It's a big deal. Verse three, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come, which is crazy. You're going to the biggest event of the decade, of the century, and you're like, yeah, I was invited, but uh, I don't really want to go. That, that, who does that, right? Who says no to the king's son wedding? But that's what's happening. Like, it's an honor, you know, it's a privilege to be invited, but they chose not to. Verse four, then he sent some more servants, this is the second time, and he said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. These are the best banquets. These are the ones where you don't have to bring a dish, right? This is like, the king's like, no, you don't have to bring anything. You know, everything's provided. Like, best meat, best cattle, best calf, best everything. It's like, I'm providing all of it. It's ready. This is the, this is the ultimate thing that you want to go to. There is no obligation for you to bring anything. You just literally need to show up, right? It, it couldn't be easier than to just show up. And, and it's crazy, but the king has to do this a second time. This is not the first time he's telling them to come. He's going, okay, look, if the privilege of being at my son's wedding isn't enough, let me entice you with what you're going to get when you arrive. You're going to get this amazing meal. You're going to, everything's free. You just come along, come and just enjoy it. And he's really trying to, you know, encourage them to be there. And yeah, this is what happens. They paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest, this, this is insane. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. 
The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Sounds extreme, but it's going to make sense later. Verse 8, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets, gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Plot twist, verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. In the New King James Version, it says, for many are called, but few are chosen. You know, God has given out a call. God has made this massive proclamation to the entire world and he's invited every single person to join him in his kingdom. He has made this call and he's actually told every person, right? Romans 12 says that no one has an excuse because, because what's happened is God has, has made it obvious in creation, in the message, in people, in humanity. And he's gone, you all need salvation. You all need to join this kingdom. There's a greater thing than what you can see in front of your eyes. There's another realm. And, and God calls everybody into his kingdom. And so in this parable, he, he prepares this wedding banquet. It's like, it's like I'm going to provide everything you need. You just need to show up. And, and that's what God's kingdom is like. He's going, I want every single person to join the kingdom. You just need to show up. You just need to respond. You need to, to make a decision. And so in this parable, we read about three responses to the call. So I'm going to talk about three responses to the call. And the first response was they rejected the call. They rejected the call. So, so what we read is, is in this parable is, is Jesus invites all these people, or rather God, you know, the king invites all these people, and, and they're all called, and, 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 you know, they've got the invitation, but they refuse to attend. He, he, he sends his servants a second time, and, and again, they refuse to attend. Now, I'm going to, just a side note, because I thought this was really cool as I was studying this. You know, in context, Jesus is actually referring to the Jews at the time. Like, that, that's the people who he's talking to. And, and he's talking to them. He's talking to the Pharisees, and, and he's actually referring to them. And he's saying, you guys are like this group of people who refuse to accept God's invitation, right? Get this. The Jews did not accept God's invitation to come to his son's wedding. No? Okay. In the parable, they wanted to see the king, but they, didn't, they couldn't accept that it was through the son's banquet that they could see the king. They were looking so much for the king that they were like, oh, the king, the king. That when it was like, oh, but you've got to go through the son's banquet to get here. It's like, no, we can't accept that. Because the, the whole idea is that they... They were so, because they rejected the son, they were rejected by the father. No? Okay. I love, you know, when Jesus says it in, in Luke chapter, uh, in Luke chapter 4 verse 
sorry, John chapter 14, verse 6. And he just says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. See, to access the Father, you have to go through the Son. You can't be offended at the Son's banquet and expect to still see the Father. There's no other way except through Jesus. Anyway, side note. So in, in this parable, what happens is all these people, they're invited. They, they're called, but they reject the call. They refuse to attend. And, and when God invites them a second time, they still refuse to attend. And, and what the scripture says is that they didn't pay attention and they had other priorities. They went back to what they were doing, right? Basically, the servants are they going, hey, the king, he's, he's invited you. The, the meal's ready. And they ghost the servants. They're like, oh, you know, oh, I'm busy, sorry. And, and, and they just ignore them. It, that's what it says. They, they completely ignore the servants and they go back to what they're doing, to what was more important to them. And it says they went back to their field and another to their business. Do you know that we can reject the call without having any animosity? We, we can actually reject the call without, on purpose, trying to offend God. And, and sometimes what happens is God calls us into a season, into a next step, into a deeper relationship with Him. And without any animosity, without any sense of, of, of anger or frustration, what we do is we go, oh, I can't do this right now, God. I've got so many things to do. And, they, and we go back to our business. We go back to our field. In other words, in other words, right, we end up prioritizing other things apart from God. It's not that these things are not important, but they cannot be more important than God, right? See, your family, your finances, your friends, your fitness, and your fun are all important, but they're not as important as your faith. And, and so the king was upset because, <laughs> step into his shoes for a second. He's looking at this and he's going, I provided you everything you have. I'm the king of the land. The field and that business you own is because I own the land. And here you are going, oh, but my field, my business, these things that need to be attended to. And the king's like, I own that stuff. I gave you that stuff. And so it's fine for you to do well in it. I get that it's important, but it's more important to come to the son's wedding. It's more important to honor the person who gave you everything that you have. Does that make, like, like you know, do I need to, like, it's more important for us, right, to honor the God who gave us our families, who gave us our friends, who gave us our finances, who gave us things to enjoy. It's more important to honor that person, right, to honor God than to be busy with all our things, is it because it's convicting? Is that why? You know. Because, you know, in John chapter 10, 10, Jesus is very clear. He says, God has given us life and life to the full, right? Abundantly. In other words, yes, he wants you to enjoy every single thing, but not at the expense of your relationship with God. And so these people, they, they, they sort of went and went, you know what? We're too busy. And, and this is the next thing that happened which is crazy, is they started to abuse, mistreat, and kill the king's servants. Now, this is going to sound a little bit, you know, selfish, but it'll make sense. What do you do, or, or rather, how do you treat those who 
invite you to go deeper with God? How, how do you treat those? Like, maybe it's your connect group leader. Maybe it's your team leader. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's, you know, and, and people who are just going, hey, why don't, why don't you pray more? Why don't you come to connect group? Why don't you come to church? Why don't you, and, and they're encouraging you to, to get deeper spiritually. Why don't you respond to God's call for your life? Why don't you serve in this ministry? And, and I wonder how we respond. I wonder if, if we go, you know what, I'm going to either ignore them or maybe we might start mistreating them talking amongst our friends, going, oh my gosh, that guy, he keeps calling me, he keeps wanting me to serve, he keeps wanting me to volunteer, he keeps wanting me to come to church. And, and we start mistreating them because, because ultimately this is what it comes down to is because we get offended by God's call. We get offended by that invitation. And, and, and the thing is this, right? I want to encourage you, let's not live offended, let's live changed, Right? Because Romans chapter 12 tells us that, hey, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, the gospel, the message of the Bible is offensive. Right? It's offensive. In other words, you will not agree with everything you hear and read in the Bible. You won't. But you now have a choice. Will you be offended by it or will you be changed by it? And I want to encourage you, let's not be the people who reject the call. Let's not be the people who, that's offensive. You're telling me to dig deeper. You're telling me to do more. You're telling me to serve God more, to love God more, to worship more, to lift my hands, to pray. And it's like, that's offensive. I don't like it. Or we can go, okay, God, I'm going to change. Because that's exactly what happened to these guys is they, they looked at it and they went, I don't want to hear this message. I don't want you to keep telling me what to do. And so... I'm going to mistreat you, right? And ultimately kill them. So that's the first one. They rejected the call. Now we have a second group of people. And they answered the call. So in verse 9, we read the sevens. They go out and they, they invite everyone they can find. They invite the bad. They invite the good. You know, Jesus invites everybody. People who we would think, if I was, you know, if I was Jesus, thank God I'm not Jesus. Um, I'd be looking at people left, right, and saying, oh, I don't know if they're good enough. I don't know if they can come in. I don't know. But Jesus isn't like that, right? God's not like that. He didn't, he didn't judge them. He wasn't picky. He was like, that guy's bad. Invite him anyway. That guy's good. Invite What does that tell? It tells us that sin is not the issue. That's why Jesus died, is so that sin would not be a stumbling block. It wouldn't, it's so that you could be forgiven. No matter what sin you've ever committed, you can come to the wedding banquet. You are invited. Every single person is invited. There are no prerequisites to be invited to the kingdom of God, right? And, and, and so everyone's invited. Heaven has room. God wants all these people. And, and in this parable, we read that, that the king is, you know, celebrating. He's like, oh, look at these people. It's fantastic. They arrive. And, and then what happens in verse 11, crazy, it says this, the king sees a man and he's not wearing wedding clothes. And he says, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. Let me give you some context. This is the king's wedding. Do you remember at the start of this message, we were talking about celebrities and we're saying, oh, you know, when they go to a big event, someone gives them a dress, someone gives them a suit, someone gives them jewelry. Why does that happen? It's because it's a big deal. It's because the event is so big that... Every guest that attends really represents the event 
that is being celebrated. So, so they're given all this extravagant clothing because it's an extravagant event, right? Now, this is the king's wedding. This is the most extravagant event there is. There is nothing more extravagant than the owner of the land celebrating his son's marriage. And so you got to understand, in context, what happens, what happened back in the day is when you are invited to a wedding, and especially a royal wedding, every guest is provided a wedding robe. So what happens is when you're invited to this wedding, someone will come along, measure you up, make you a wedding gown and go, this is for you to wear when you attend this event. It's not about they had to find something, dig up this, oh, where's my favorite? No, because it's a royal thing, everything they need is actually given to them. It's provided, it's free, and and they get to put this thing on. All they need to do is put it on and show up. They don't have to look for it, they don't have to find it, they just have to put it on and show up. Why? Because the king, ultimately, the event is not about the guest. The event is about the king. And everyone that attends this event has to represent the kingdom. And so the king makes sure that you have everything you need to represent the kingdom well. And so they're all given everything they need to put on. So when they show up at this event, everyone is representing the king. See, the kingdom of God is not about us. Ultimately, when Jesus invites us to join him in his kingdom, he's not saying, because it's all for you. No, he's going, because I want you to celebrate what's happening with the son. I want you to celebrate what God is doing. And, and so when we rock up, we don't come showing everyone, look at me. No, we, we, we put on what we need to, to represent the king. Does that make sense? And, and so, so this guest, he's been given exactly what to wear. He shows up and he's not wearing the wedding robe, right? He, he's, he's wearing the wrong clothes. And, and when the king looks at him, he goes, wait, why are you like this? And it says that the man is speechless, which means that the man understood what he was meant to do, but did not do it, right? He didn't have an excuse. He wasn't like, oh, what, what, what clothes? No, he knew exactly what he was meant to do, but he did not do it. And I love that, you know, when the king asks him, he actually says, friend. He calls him his friend because the king loves, okay, enough of the parable. Let's, let's get into it because I've only got eight minutes left. God loves us. God loves every single person. He wants every person to come into the kingdom. But as much as God loves us, he can't let you in if you're not wearing the right clothes. It's not a question of God's love. It's a question of how we are responding. You see, this man answered the call. He answered it, but he didn't. And I'll get to the third point soon. He answered the the call, but he wasn't wearing the right thing. You see, when, when God invites you to join him in his kingdom, he gives you everything you need. He actually gives you, th- think about this, right? See, this wedding, the guests get better presents than the king. And so what happens is, is for us, when, when God invites us to join him in his kingdom, he gives us better gifts than we give him. And, and so when you say, Jesus, I respond to you, I accept the call, he gives you righteousness, he gives you love, he gives you commitment, he gives you a whole bunch of other things, but, but, but he gives you these presents so that we can represent them. Yeah. yeah, he gives you presents so that you can 
represent them because this is going to sound confusing, but I wrote it anyway. The present is so that we can present ourselves in a way that represents God and his kingdom, and then we represent them to others. Right? So he gives it to you so that you can go. I'm going to dress like the way the kingdom wants me to dress. I'm going to look the way God wants me to look. I'm going to do what God wants me to do because that's who God is. But at the same time, I'm going to be a blessing to others. I'm going to give these gifts to other people. And so, so God makes you righteous. Like he gifts that to you. But you know what? You've got to clothe yourself in righteousness. Right? God makes you. He, he covers you in love. He gives you this understanding of how much he loves you. But, but we've got to put on love. Right? God gives you his commitment, but we then need to put, put on our commitment, right? Like in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, it says this. It says that, uh, 2 Corinthians, sorry, not 15, 5 verse 15. It says that Christ died for us so that we can live for him, right? He did that for us so that we can put that on and live for him. And so we can live Rejecting the call, we can live accepting the call. Or number three is this, we can live embracing the call. Embracing the call. See, embracing the call doesn't just mean accepting the invitation, but it means applying everything that God has given us. It means putting on righteousness. It means putting on love. It means putting on commitment. It means that these things, they don't qualify me to be invited. I was invited before these things. But when I was invited, God gave me these things. And now I'm going to put them on so that I can show up to this wedding with all of this on, right? With all the things God has given me. It, 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 you know, you're not being righteous because you have to be righteous. No, you, you put on righteousness. You're not being committed because if you're not committed, you get kicked out. No. You're choosing to put on the commitment because God committed himself to you first. See, church, I want to encourage you this morning. Let's be committed. Let's choose Jesus over ourselves. See, God, God is not some abusive, angry, mistreating person who... Who, who has ill will towards you. God loves you. God has a great plan for your life. God cares about you. Anything God asks you to do is for your good. And so committing yourself to God will never, ever lead you into harm. But being committed means I still have to make that choice to say Jesus over myself. See, church, you might have accepted the call, but I want to encourage you, let's, put on these things so that we can embrace the call. And, and we can come into 2021 treating God and church like this is a thing we do and, and you know, let's talk about it and let's, let's, you know, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't, maybe I'll do this, maybe, or we can make a decision to embrace it. We can choose to put on these things. The, the, this is the best thing about the wedding, right, is that all these gifts were given to the guests before they even got to the wedding. In other words, you're given all these things. You're given righteousness. You're giving, you're given love. You're giving commitment. You're giving forgiveness. You're giving the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. You're given all of these things before you even get eternal life. And God's like, God's like, these are not things that you only use when you get into heaven. These are things for you to use now while you're on earth. That's how you put on the right clothes. That's how you choose to go, you know what? 
2021, I'm not going to walk in 2021 going, what's going to happen? What should I? No, I'm going to put on these clothes. I'm going to go, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in commitment. I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to choose to put these on so that no matter what happens in this year, I'm wearing the right clothes. So what are you going to wear to the wedding of the ages? He's given you the gifts. He's given you everything you need. You can be dressed and ready for everything this year, next year, your future years to come. But let's embrace the call. Let's step into 2021, ready to use every single gift God has given us. Why don't we set a goal for 2021 to see more people saved than ever before? Why don't we set a goal to see more people baptized, more of our friends and family members and colleagues and the people around us encountering God? Why why don't we see more lives transformed? Why don't we set a goal to see all of our ministries grow, to see our church grow, to see God's kingdom expand, to give more to missions, to see Roval, Knox, Melbourne, all of Australia impacted? Why Why don't we commit to putting these things on so that we can see 2021 as the most glorious year for the kingdom of God that we've ever seen in our lives. And we can do that by starting to put these things on. Let's choose. Come on, to start a journey. Let's choose. I'm going to go to church every single week. And when I don't, well, I'll come back next week. I'm going to read my Bible every single day. And if I miss a day, well, I won't miss tomorrow. Well, I'm going to pray. And, and again, you're not earning salvation. You're not, you're not trying to go, oh God, no. It's because God's gifted that to you. It's because God's made you righteous. He's made you committed. He's given you everything you need. Let's just choose to go, hey, this year, I'm going to put all of this stuff on. I'm going to wear the right clothes. And I'm going to see 2021 as my strongest year yet. And I want to encourage you, whether you're watching on screen or in this building, you know, the first step to embracing this call is by accepting Jesus. And I don't know where you're at in your life, whether this is the first time you've ever been to church or seen church, or maybe you've walked with God for 10, 20 years. You know, we, we all need to come to a point where we say, Jesus, am I walking with you or am I not? Are you in my life or, or are you distant from me? Why don't you make a commitment right now to say this year, I'm going to start it with Jesus. 